constitution and the constitutional democracy of the country. And of course, 15 Feb became the first sitting, then hearing the case of S versus Makwanyane, which became a seminal document in the abolition of corporal punishment as we know it. Of course, it was a conversation around the death penalty, but of course it has since been used as the basis to what we now know as the ban on corporal punishment at schools. Anyway, we are hoping to have a full-on discussion with a couple of judges in relation to that tomorrow. For now, we've got something a little more pressing and a ticking time bomb in our social order, so to speak. And this is all things to do with what we know has since been happening and continues to happen at Wurskul Jan Yun in Ranfontein. But substitute Wurskul Jan Yun for any other school in this country that has the appendage of a former Model C school, it is something that could have happened. If you are a scholar at a Model C school, there's a very good chance that the race relations at your school are of the kind where we would never be surprised as a society if the sort of tension we have seen in the last 24 hours, 48 hours last week or anything to go by that your school could equally be susceptible to. The question then becomes, when, because of what, will all the critical stakeholders to education, basic education in particular, come together to have an honest, open and even brutal discussion about the things that have for too long been blind spots in our education system, particularly from an integration point of view, that every now and then announce themselves now as what we have seen. If it's not about hair, if it's not about isipatla, if it is not about language, if it is not about something that identifies an African child in a former Model C school, which identity becomes the source of what ultimately, when in the final analysis it is engaged, a race issue. The question simply has to be, at what point will we get there? Let's sober up, let's engage robustly, and let's not treat any of the tension that we have seen. Let it not make it here, in studio. Here, we are trying to dissolve the tension, if anything. Let's have that conversation then. Police fire rubber bullets. Bishop prays as tension simmers at school over pupils fighting. This is The Viewpoint with me, Songhez Terry is on the line. Terry, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. This is The Viewpoint. Terry, good evening. Good evening. Am I speaking to Songhezo? Terry Oakley-Smith, you're speaking to Songhezo, indeed. What a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. We've had this conversation before, and the last time, yes. in fact, we spoke, it was about Ispatla at a school in KwaZulu-Natal, and I think in, on that occasion you were the takeover guest, or it happened soon before that. Either way, we find ourselves yes. from a race relations perspective in this country, particularly in the space where really such race issues are to be engaged so that the young men and women who occupy those spaces can be molded a little differently to what I have been molded and certainly a lot differently to what your generation has been molded in the context of understanding a peaceful coexistence among the diverse people of the country. Let's start with a coat of arms. Out of one many, unified in our diversity, How do we, despite what South Africa commits itself to in the coat of arms, in the Constitution, and the decisive break from colonialism and apartheid before, do we yet find ourselves a full generation later 
dealing with these very issues that came to characterize colonialism and apartheid. How, how, mm. Why are we still there, Terry? And I, I mean, talking of the coat of arms as a woman, obviously, um, one of the first things I noticed is the absolute non-existence of any, of any female gender in that coat mm-hmm. of arms. But, um, look, I think we started out with, with great dreams and hopes. But as early as 1998, I was working at Freiburg High School in the Northwest um, with a case of um, violence and racism where um, white teachers attacked black pupils. Um, and the same process went through. We, we did a thorough investigation, sent a report with recommendations uh, to the premier of the province, and no action was taken. And now, almost every year since then, to be quite honest, Songezo, I can see in, in schools from Milnerton, Northwest Province, all over the country, mm. every year there seems to be a school where there are racial issues. And I think it's over time that we actually, or that um, led by our ministers of education, we actually develop a strategy to make our schools anti-racism safe places for all pupils. Um, And obviously that would involve education of our teachers who are very poorly educated. We just expect them to be able to deal with an integrated situation when we haven't given them any training in how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Our pupils as well, there's nothing in the curriculum that talks to integration or anti-racism. And then many of them go home to homes where where parents don't support that anyway. Um, we live in a country where violence is endemic. We see they see adults resolving their problems by by, by using violent means. One mm. only has to think back to July. So I mean, I think the the problem is is very much broader than this particular school, Absolutely. as you did point out in your in your initial comments. Yeah. I propose that we take a break now because I really want to get into this and unfortunately we do have to pay the bill. So I beg your pardon to those who are starting to get warm, but certainly this is a good time to dial. And I know you at home have either had this conversation with your children or have not yet had the conversation with the children. And it's probably important that you especially call in and engage without necessarily disclosing what the issue might be. But could we own to could we own up perhaps at home to our prejudices, whatever the prejudice is? We are talking about racial tensions in South African former Model C schools. What from an integration perspective has happened or worse has not yet happened that should have happened? And how can we ensure that the generation of learners now from a race-based perspective are better South Africans than what we are and the generations before them because we haven't yet seemingly grappled with this issue and more importantly outlined and articulated a way that we can move forward even if it's one step at a time 29 viewpoint 8 to 10 p.m flipping conventional wisdom on its head on SAFM. 2020 terry oakley smith found and director of diversity Racism. Why is this society issue now playing itself out in our schools? Well, it is playing itself out in our schools as it always has been. The question is, how do we integrate the former Model C schools into spaces that can become models for what a new, young and diverse and moving forward progressive South Africa might 
might look like, particularly with the young people who will then go and distribute, if you like, that learning into other spaces, universities, corporates, into our churches, wherever people of diverse backgrounds meet, it can play itself out as what South Africa ultimately is designed to be. Terry, why have schools, if not neglected being the particular term, but specifically former Model C schools, found it difficult to integrate the cultures that are part of South Africa? Here's the point. Most Model C schools would have been built on institutions that celebrated Afrikaans or English, and both of those have European heritage. Fine, let's accept it for now because that's what it was in colonial times and apartheid times. But certainly when the decisive break from those came in 1994 under a constitution, one ministry, ministry for education, one South African Schools Act, one everything insofar as it relates to engaging the issues facing primary education, high school education, and even tertiary education, why does this seem to be an issue, one that doesn't have resources distributed for it, and particularly with particular outcomes that are measured as progress against all the other markers in education, essentially? Why, why is the race question seemingly on the back burner? You know, I wish I had the answer to that, Sangeza, but it, you, when you say it, you're absolutely right. That There actually has been... I mean, we, we hear all the time politicians talking about the reconciliation initiative, etc. But the truth of the matter is there hasn't ever been a proper initiative, and there certainly hasn't in schools. You know, they, um, there needs to be training not only for teachers and learners, but SGBs need training in anti-racism because they represent the parents who are often the source of the problem, as we can see um, at this Yan Furyun High School at the moment. So, I mean, I think it starts with the education department developing really good anti-racist policies, which are then... Um, taken down to the various departments and into the schools. And then the, the, the leadership of the schools needs to learn how to deal with it. And there needs to be consequences so that a racial incident doesn't turn into a massive fight outside of a school involving parents as well as learners. So, you know, we need to have all those things in place so that we can deal with these issues. Because otherwise, it's just going to carry on. This time next year, you and I will be talking about a different school, which is having the same problem. Next month, I would even say. Terry, let, yes. let me, you, you, you've mentioned some of the critical stakeholders in the education setup, but I think if truth be told, and this is me even crudely suggesting that it is a fact, and if somebody disagrees with me who hears me now, I especially challenge you to call me in my number right now, Johannesburg, 714-2006. You can take me on and out on air. This is how tied I am to this point. The biggest challenge to this discussion are the conversations Terry has with Terry's children at home and what Songezo has as a conversation on race issues at home, which mm. our respective children then go and model out in the school environment, together with the very parents who are having those conversations, who are teachers, they go and model out those conversations in the staff room and in the classrooms. And what you have is a representation of South African homes in the staff room, in the classroom, 
in how the school is run, in how the school is represented at PTA, at governing body, at father's committee, at mother's committee, you name it. And the upshot of all of that is, for instance, what we see now, is inner child being told Isipandla is a barbaric thing or having no hair at all is a barbaric thing. It is because these conversations we reinforce in our homes with our children, with our parents as teachers or non-teachers, but nonetheless involved in higher education or primary education, wherever, that is the problem, or at least the source of. And, and you know, Songhez, um, I must also say that, you know, even when you have white South African parents that are not overtly racist and perhaps even feel very anxious about what's happening, because they, I mean, even even your generation, even dare I say my generation, there's never been any proper education around inclusion, diversity, race relations in South Africa. So even the, the most well-intentioned parents obviously don't know how to deal with things. Their children will come home from school and say, look, if it's a very obvious thing like um, I was called by the K-word, then that's clear and the parents should go straight to the school and lay a charge. But other things um, that can happen, you'll hear parents saying, oh, well, you know, I didn't mean it or that wasn't my intention without realizing that it's not what they meant or what their intention was, but the pain it caused when it landed that really matters. So there's a need for intensive education around these issues, Mm -hmm. around getting to know each other, around getting to know all South Africans as different. And it's not just race, although race is predominant, obviously, but Mm -hmm. also culture, religion, um, issues of LGBTIQ community. Mm-hmm. I mean, then we need to educate one another so that we we know what to do when issues arise. This actually takes me back to a story which at the time when it happened, it was a big thing and it would remain a big thing right now. Let me just engage this story, indulge this story, particularly those who understand or are familiar with Model C schools. I'm saying this story to get pupils to call. I'm saying this to get parents to call. I want first-time callers. I've got four calls waiting now. I bet you we can get 10 straight calls on this issue. Here's a story, which is a perfect example of what perhaps might be needed more to integrate societies. Mawandembele, Ghana, the year is 2001 or 2000. Selborne College, former Model C school in East London, is playing host to Gray College, all boys school, of course, Afrikaans predominated from Bloemfontein. The boys from Bloemfontein get off a train on a Saturday morning. Selbornians are meeting them at the train station. They have to host those Gray College boys in their respective homes for the day, give them a shower, give them food for breakfast, give them lunch, and host them immediately after the first team game in their homes, take a shower, give them some patkos to get onto the train in the evening on Saturday to make the trek back to Bloemfontein. Umawandembele Gane became almost like a cult hero among the Africans because he lived M. Danzane. He decided to take two Afrikaans boys to M. Danzane. Now, you can imagine what this might have looked like or would have been the experience for those two Afrikaans boys coming from Bloemfontein, going to the Eastern Cape, most probably for the first time, most certainly to Mdanzane for the first time, as the only two white people they could have and probably would have seen on that day, if not entire time. That is 
I dare say, a way to integrate. Because those two kids right now, they know who they are, and they will never forget that experience for so long as they live. Nor will Mawande Mbelegane, for that matter. Now, how do we ensure, just as much as I, when I go to Bloemfontein, I'm integrated into an Afrikaans family, and there's nothing odd about that, we ensure when the Mawande Mbelegane's of the world hosts the fundamentals of the world excuse the prejudices and it not be an event that society marvels at. How do we get to that point? 2029, I've got four calls. I'm waiting for another six and I'm not going to the calls until I get 10 and the calls on. We can have this conversation precisely because it is a necessary one, however uncomfortable. Terry, respond to that point or that anecdote. Uh- I think your anecdote is, is very, very pertinent. And actually, I do know Ndansani, so I can exactly picture what you're saying. <laughs> 20 what, years what ago, I, yes. Yes, I know, yes. But what I guess would have happened um, was the, the warmth of the welcome that the two boys would have received um, and the kindness with which they would have, been, would have received would have also stayed with them, as well as their sense of the terrible inequality, the differences in the, in the infrastructure, etc. And I think those kind of immersive experiences are very much part of the education that I, I perceive is necessary for, you know, for our schools, for our businesses. Um, you, you mentioned also churches. I mean, that kind of immersive experience, staying with people. I mean, many white people haven't ever set foot in a township yet, let alone a rural area. Um, and I guess there must be uh, many black children who live in informal settlements and, and desperately poor villages who can't imagine what it's like to be living in, in, in a town. So those kind of immersions that you tell in your story are really, really important. Okay, because I don't have 10 calls yet and I can't keep them holding on indefinitely because they've played <laughs> their part. Let's go to Cape Town, let's go to Durban, and let's go to Pochestrum. Bongoletu, Mike, Ranger, and Bule, one after the other, I am fine. You don't have to ask again. Bongoletu, let's go for it. I greet you with Terry on the conversation. Let me cut to the chase and wait. You know, as a person, when you grew up here in Cape Town, staying in an area closer, by the way, to the so-called models, the schools, um, the guy, who their family were profiled, by the way, because of the area we're staying in. By the way, Milnantin High School, Milnantin High School does not accept um, children from Joseph but they do accept, by the way, in Dagamapek, it's not even a, a five minutes walk, a two minutes walk apart. It's not more like a neighbor to you in Phoenix. They accept children from Phoenix because of the suburb they stay in. What is the solution? What should we do? What should have been done? Uh, my guy, this is a systematic issue. It's a systematic problem. Where does this problem, where should it have been um, addressed? We have addressed the situation prior to 194 already. If we wanted to integrate the society, we should have made sure that we emphasize equality first. What do I mean equality? We 
delete the race among South Africans. There should have been not Kubeko E blocks whereby when I sign in a, the form I have to specify what kind of a race I have. There should have been only one block in 1994, a block that says South African only. You know, why am I saying this? I will never, my baby, I'm sorry, my guys, mm. I'm teaching children in the head of head, in a situation prior 1994, the head, the anger that I still have today because the injustices of the past that were not properly addressed are the ones who are still living today. Remember, the parents of these children uh, at that school, my guy, are white, and they are privileged, and they got the perks from the regime that was so brutal to a black person that it never saw a human being. So now how do you expect them to teach their children about if they think they grew up being fed, being played, preached to in church, mm-hmm. being educated about a school, that they are not human? Very well. Now tell me, what do you teach your children at home? You remain with what you got at home, that these remain inhuman. By the way, I'm not saying all of them are like that. Sure, no, oh, I think you've, you, you've raised pertinent issues and the rhetorical question mm. remains, what do we expect of those parents to be teaching their children when, them, when themselves, their hearts are hardened and certainly are not yielding to what society now requires of them? Mike in Newlands, go for it. Thank you so much, Bongoletu in Cape Town. Mike? Sure. Thank you, Sengeza. Yeah, I, I think there are, of course, there are families, as you say, with hearts that have hardened. But, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion, I've always said this, in fact, the goodwill in South Africa, I find, is just honestly amazing. Whether it's the colleagues that are black in my offices or office, or whether it's the guys that pump gas into my car, that I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the goodwill in this country. What I'm, what I'm concerned about, and you've raised it a few times, is this Afrikaans thing. Now, when I traveled the world after leaving school, I found wherever I went in the world, the Chinese, the Greeks, the Jews, the Italians, whatever, is stuck together. When I came back to South Africa, under apartheid, of course, um, there were still there's Jewish schools, Greek schools, Chinese schools, which they still are today. And I thought, yeah, that's fine, because it's a culture that sticks together. So I can't actually understand where the problem is. I'm beginning to understand the fact that it's not about cultures. It's, this is a war against the Afrikaner. And I have no, I'm not here to speak for the Afrikaner. But quite frankly, I am extremely suspicious of this whole story. I'm suspicious of the fact that EFF were at these schools like Brattenfeld and the one that's up in Joburg, that Panyaza the Sufi is now bringing in the basic education amendment law bill next this year, which will in fact give him complete power over the, uh, stu- the, the the parental bodies of each school, he will then be able to tell you who's going to do what and what language you're going to speak. Now, we have the Black Lawyers Association, Association, we have the Black Business, Black, Black, Black this. Why can't we just let the Afrikaners have an Afrikaans school and let the black people have a black school Sorry. if they want yeah, that? No, if they you. want to integrate, let them integrate. But, you know, I, I feel that we're being forced into... May I ask a question, please? Sorry, Sungeza. Sorry, may I ask a question, please? You sure. said I made reference to this Afrikaans thing. What is that Afrikaans in, in, thing? 
Oh, sorry, when I say think, uh, that's a bad choice of words. You, you are referring to the Afrikaners because this a school that, unfortunately, I'm a little back, backward on, or a bit behind on the update on the school, but it seems to be an Afrikaner school where uh, blacks have been integrated into the school. I think that's what I'm understanding because when I saw the pictures, there were black kids and white kids on either side and the police in the middle. So what I'm saying is, that there, there's an offering. You see, we don't seem to have the Greeks, the Jews. We've You're not answering Greek my question, there. Mike, and let me just, for the sake of yes. expediency, just get on with the sure. issue. I still don't know what you meant by me having made numerous references to this Afrikaans thing. But the question, uh, okay, which, well, if I may, the question that I'm actually asking in its final analysis is how do we ensure former Model C schools integrate? If it's an Afrikaans school, that's incidental, just as it is incidental if it's a predominantly English school. Certainly what I did not say, what I am not saying, and to the extent that you suggest I've said it, I am disputing hereby. I haven't said there is an issue with Afrikaans-only schools or Afrikaans-dominated schools, and the same is true for English, for Kosa, or any other language group that happens to dominate a school setup. What I do take umbrage with, which I hereby say, and you can take me to task on, is the fact that any one school will have the sort of racial tension that has been exposed through work school Yan Filyun, which is a symbol of lack of integration in our society. To the extent that I've said that, please take issue with me. Do not please be irresponsible on a platform like this by suggesting I've said things which themselves are inflammatory and would not yield the sorts of fruits I'm looking to get out of this conversation. <laughs> Sure. So, Geza, thank you very much. I always gave on you when I'm arguing with a lawyer. I have no legal experience. but you It's not a legal issue. Now. It's <laughs> just a question of two adults engaging responsibly, no, not irresponsibly. Sure. No, no. It doesn't warrant a laugh, Mike. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, so Geza, you're misunderstanding. And when I say the Afrikaans thing, maybe let me put it to you this way. I know for a, we, we all know that Tanyazo Lasuti has gone for Afrikaans schools. We know that he's taken them to court and tried to uh, enforce integration in the Afrikaans schools. He has lost all those cases. I think every single one. I'm no expert, but I've watched with interest him lose these cases, and he's used our money to fight these cases. So he's on a mission. We have the Basic Laws Amendment Bill, which is coming up this year. And in that bill, he will be able to tell school governing bodies he will be able to tell them to determine the admissions and language policies of the schools. Now, all I'm saying is this, uh, and, I'm, and, I, and I say this um, in a sense, I'm, I'm trying quickly, to say devil's advocate here, but I don't understand, Sugeza, why we have to have this forced integration. We have the, we have the Black Lawyers Association, the Black Business, they want black schools, white schools. What difference does it make if the Afrikaners want their own school? Let them have the damn school and let's just get on One, with it. But this enforced, it's, it's a political issue, it worries me. Thanks, Sugeza. The Black Lawyers Association does not expressly exclude anybody who wants to be there. Neither does the BMF or the Black Business mm -hmm. Council or any of those institutions. I think your point foils just by what you have said without anybody responding to what you have said. In Durban for the first time, Ranger, good evening. Ranger. Uh, hello, can you hear me? Indeed, go for it, please. Yes, um... You know, George Orwell in 1984 said no one ever sees power with an intention of ever retaining it. You see that arrogance you just heard from this guy, saying in South Africa, he, he thinks being the black laws is everything um, is representing. We have Africa Forum, we have Black Laws Association that wants to integrate. 
You see that the Africanists don't want to integrate. You see there's, there's a school, you know, on, uh, okay, I finished my trip in 2000, right? From anybody who finished my trip from 98 to, 90, to 2008 um, uh, was riding on the Mandela Ration of Indoctrination of being pacified. You see the fees must fall uh, class. A, a, a hard fall. And then, but this new class now is more dangerous. And Africaners and the white people need to understand. You see, these young ones now, they are not here to talk. They are not being pacified. You see, they, they, they know that within, within they go to the former monastery school. They know they're being isolated. They go to Tinkery, they go to UCC, they go to Stellenbosch, they're being isolated. They go corporate. They can see these things. They can see their problems. And they, and, these white people are thinking we are still riding the Mandela ways. My brother, hold on to that thought because I have to take a break now, otherwise we will be cut. Riding the Mandela wave is the point from which you will depart next. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Riding this Mandela wave, carry on, Ranger. The new blast right now. The new blood, the young ones, the 16 year old. I'm not going to conform to what we were able to conform on. The corporate world has seen that the white people are not even willing to share this peace with us. They even think South Africa belongs to them. They need to have their own African school in my land, in my land. They, all, they think in my land they have to have their own school, their own suburb in my land. These young ones, maybe I was tolerant because I was indoctrinated, to pacify, uh, like I'm pacified, like uh, we finished making, we are pacified. But these young ones, like I'm just giving a warning, my brother, like to everybody listening, you see, we think we can negotiate these things. Yes, we might have done it, but the young blacks are not willing. They are going to fight. And then if you think... The smell of to- blood certainly is increasing from certainly what you are saying towards the end there, Ranger. Don't dismiss what you're saying because if that's the sentiment on the ground, if you do represent what the majority out there who haven't called are thinking, we might have a bigger problem than we might care to admit. Terry, I hope you're making notes of all of these. Pule in Pochostrom is on the line. Pule, good evening. I don't get it. Can you hear me? I can, Pule. Uh, I'm going to flow against the flow. I'm going to swim against the flow. Uh, I think the indictment is on us as black people and also on the Department of Education. I've listened to you many times, uh, Songeze. You uh, you have tied yourself from coming from a, a multiracial school and because we think that the multiracial schools, uh, the so-called, uh, uh, those these schools that you are talking about, model schools, are the ones that are best to give you a better education. Now, here is the problem. We as black people, we are sending our kids to this so-called uh, middle school. Look at them. Look at the compilation. The teachers are white. Kids come in as black people. So our kids are the ones who have to integrate. So there's, there's very little to do in order to change the compilation of the teachers themselves. They are all white. Only the black people that you find in these schools are those who are teaching vernacular. Because we as black people, we think that if we are taught by white people, we will succeed more. But that's not the truth. That's a fallacy. So we need to change the combination of the school itself. It cannot be if you have 30 educators. You cannot have 32. Uh, if you have 30, you have, you cannot have 28 white and only two black teachers there. Obviously, even these two teachers 
are even feeling the discrimination itself. Even today, when we were listening to the students when they were talking on TV, I was listening to them. They were talking about how these white people are talking to them, how they, they reflect their racism towards them. The biggest problem is why do we keep the white school white in terms of the heritage? There has to be that change. You are not going to change how our black people feel about how what is going on in school as long as 99.9% of the people who are teaching there are white. But the problem is us, because Sonia and myself, we are removing our kids and putting them there because we think if they are taught by white people, they will be better. We don't think that they are going to show them the racism. I haven't cut you, nor has the producer. I don't know what the issue is. I certainly hope you are listening, Bule, and I'm glad whatever I say is podcast. One, I'm very proud of the education I have had, and I will never mince my words about that, precisely because in the sea of poverty that yet abounds in African communities, my parents somehow, with nine children, were able to put us all through university. That I accessed education at a basic level from a former Model C school is something I had no decision in making, but certainly something that I own and am proud of because it has allowed me to access the spaces I have since been able to access. Have I ever said in all the anecdotes I give of my experiences as a scholar of Selborne Primary and College Schools, created the impression or said in as many words that I am better because I accessed my education in so-called white schools? Absolutely not. You have mischaracterized and have misrepresented me. I take serious exception to that. And I call on you to be more responsible when you listen more, especially when you engage on a platform on emotive issues such as this is. Pule, I reject what you are saying to the extent that you have attributed me to making sure that I use this platform irresponsibly to elevate white spaces and people over my own as an African person. I've never done that. I never will do that. And you can take me to whichever platform or tribunal if you take exception to this. Let's go to Mamvoye in Parktown North. Could I just make a comment here? Yeah, please, Terry. Mum, will you please yes, hold? Yes, Luther, we're coming back. Sorry, but um, I just want to say that um, the way I understood Pule, um, he, he raised an issue which I am very aware of very often, and that is that there are some black parents who do feel that, you know, if they can get their child taught by a white teacher, that will be better. You know, a million miles away from, from Steve Biko. But um, I think, you know, we have to be realistic in South Africa. There are black parents who, in wanting to do their best for their children, think mistakenly that sending them to a school where they'll be taught by a white teacher is going to be better for them. So um, I don't know that he was um, having a go at you specifically, but, but I think His he initial was remarks were, I, um, I accept what you're saying. But there are black parents who have this idea. No, absolutely. We are on the same page on that. It was his initial remarks to which I accepted. I mean, and it's ridiculous because white people even make up less than 8% of the population now, Songhezo. I mean, we're becoming increasingly irrelevant. Terry, hold your thoughts. Let's go to more of the callers. Mamvoi in Poktown North, Luther Ebizana. Yes, thank you, Songhezo. Thank you, Songhezo, for taking my call. Thank you to DC for. Um, and even to your guests as well. Uh, what I would like to actually point out right now, you know, I, I'm a victim, I'm a child who 
introduction to life as a part So I've experienced this even in the world of exile in, in England and elsewhere. Uh, racism is alive and it, it, it lives because in the model C school, when I relocated back home, I've observed that uh, uh, in, in so-called model C schools, if you look, you, you, you go deeper. Uh, white children have been removed in those schools by their parents into private schools. And then you find that children from the townships, they 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 get into transport to go to a model C school where they are being taught by a black teacher in a model C school. Just the parents are happy that they are out of uh, Soero, Sakrehong, or Silkeng into a model C school. But if you look at it, racism is a lie because they're, they're, for white people, racism is a means of survival. So it's not going to go away. I think for us as Africans, we need to be responsible and trust ourselves, you know, not trust anyone else about even education because at the end of the day, you have taken this child out of soil, travels about 30 or one hour to to a school that is was once a model C school and it's no longer a model C school uh, because it's just the same like living with children in soil because they are going to like the teachers from Zimbabwe or from where, where they, they, there's no difference. I'm, I'm not xenophobic, but what I'm trying to say is that racism is alive and it lives and white people indoctrinate their children while they're still young. Unfortunately, we Africans, we love people that don't love us. And there's so much hypocrisy. This whole thing of racism. There certainly is hypocrisy, and it is difficult to believe that it will go away, even though we must act and dedicate our times and resources to ensuring that, in fact, it does. Luther, final caller, Epizana, good evening. Uh, evening, sir. Mm. Yes, uh, there are two, two issues that I want to, to highlight here. Uh, is it not uh, all right for us? to bring to us good quality education right at our doorstep. Empower us by qualitative education and economically, instead of each and every time trying to uh, think that you're going to uh, uh, get away with this uh, uh, racism that is in this country. Two, is there no class of... uh, black people that is trying to move away from their race, trying to associate themselves in a very calculative and systematic way, uh, 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 associating themselves with another race. And then along the way, they are, uh, they are surprised by uh, being rejected by the race that they are trying to uh, associate themselves with. And then they start to drumbeat. That is what I'm just uh, observing, I myself. But this thing of racism is not going to... Up until us, blacks, we are serious about us. Sure, I appreciate Educate, that. Edu- Final comment? Yes, uh, until uh, we are uh, right, uh, uh, very, become very serious about us, about bringing to our kids equality and empower ourselves Yes. Economically, and then start 
and, and stop crying about this and that from these people. Very good. That yes. point is very yes. consistent with what uh, Tando Melani yes. said on this very platform two weeks ago when he said he takes issue with African communities not investing in themselves, the professionals like Songhez who move away from their hometowns, not coming back to reinvest, not plowing their skills, time and trade in those communities. So what you're raising here, Luther, is a very pertinent issue. Terry, though, you want to respond to these multitude of issues coming from many descriptions <laughs> and backgrounds. But I think ultimately all of them speak to one thing. They do want the sort of peaceful coexistence within ourselves as communities of South Africa. How do you respond to their innate concerns, though? But I also think there's a very strong um, voice coming across with also the issue of um, having pride in who we are. I mean, good quality education doesn't have a color, Sangevo. Um, and I think um, t having a pride in, in, in who we are, I think it was Pule who spoke about that primarily, really resonated with me. And I think Bongaletu also raised the very first caller, a very important aspect of that, that of class, that the school that she was talking about won't accept people from Joe's Lovo, which is not only racist, but also classist. Um, and I guess that has to be dealt with in, in the admission policy. And if schools are going to use things like language as a proxy for race, then I think that the Minister of Education you know, is quite entitled to come in and, and, and declare what, what, you know, what should be the admissions policy. If Joe Slovo is so close to the school, then children should certainly be accepted in it. And I think you dealt very, very well with Mike. I think Range issued, um, raised the issue of assimilation versus integration, that it's important that when um, black children go to a school that's, that's um, predominantly or largely white, they shouldn't just be assimilated and, and be like us, but they should integrate and bring themselves proudly with who they are into that environment. And then that becomes genuine integration and not simply um, assimilation. Um, and I think that's, that's about everything. I agreed absolutely with what Nambuyo said. Um, and as a white person, um, obviously I can't identify completely, but I thoroughly agree with her that, um, you know, we, we all, whoever we are, need to have pride in who we are. Mm, mm, mm. Let me follow up with some of what Bule had said and Luther to the extent that um, they talk about African communities, essentially, let me paraphrase or use different words to drive what their point ultimately boils down to. African communities investing in African communities or African people investing in African people so as to build the sort of spaces, environments that young African children see, relate to, and find expression in such that there isn't what seemingly is at play here a move for Africans to want to occupy so-called white spaces and then try and establish advisedly relevance there, as opposed to why are we not, as African people, building schools that can compete with these former Model C schools, where they can compete in all spaces, be it in the classroom, be it in cultural activities that not necessarily involve sport, as well as the sporting spaces, where then whoever feels that is where they want to go, be it a 
typically white space, former Model C school, or a typical African space in this new generation of ensuring that identities of these African communities are comparable and competitive, mm -hmm. then you find people going to those spaces where they believe their talents will be honed. How do we ensure, though, that typical schools that can then compete on all the important metrics with former Model C schools are built mm -hmm. in African communities by African people where African people are teaching their kids? How do we do that? Because that is a very important point that those gentlemen well, raised. Well, I think the new nation schools are, are doing that, Sangato, um, and getting extremely good results. And not only um, integrating in terms of being primarily African, the pupils so far, they also do accept white pupils. But the curriculum is also geared towards helping pupils to achieve that sense of pride in their Africanness. So I think there is a, a movement afoot doing exactly what you're recommending um, in, the, in, in the new nation schools. Very well. Thank you so much for your time, Terry. Um, I, I resisted all temptations for 58 minutes to say what we're experiencing now is, open close quote, the new apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rest my <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Terry so Oakley-Smith, founder Thank and you. director of Diversity, who has worked in these spaces for the best part of her adult life. Doesn't seem, though, we are any closer to our truth or to our zenith point because we take a step forward and seemingly society finds ways to take two steps back. We'll play one voice note before the news. Hi, Songezo. I personally blame both governments, the apartheid and the current ANC government. It has never improved quality in our schools. If there was any quality in our schools, our children would not even bother to go to these former Model C schools. Now chasing quality education, they find themselves in this space. So let ANC provide quality education in schools so that these whites must be attracted in our township schools. Let's play another one. We've got time. Hello, Songezo, and your guest on the line. You know, I think this issue of racism in schools is as a result of South Africa's lack of um, strong 